I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, episode 152, Collectivity. We got two segments for you this week. First up, Alex, Scott, and Zach just talk about some games that they've been playing recently, and then after that, Addison and Justin break down Nintendo game collecting. Enjoy the episode. Everybody, and welcome to a brand new segment of Nintendo World Report Connectivity. I am your host for this segment, Alexander Kalafi, and joining me for a segment of what we have been playing, Scott Thompson. Hello! And Zachary Miller. It's getting to winter now. It just turned fall yesterday, Zach. <laughs> There's frost on the ground, and we scraped our cars. <laughs> oh, God. oh, yeah, you live in Alaska. You don't mm. live by real-world rules. <laughs> yeah. So, you guys know how it is, we are going to talk about the games we played this week, and Zach is going to start us off, because oh. he played the most relevant game out of all of us. I suppose I did. Um, I just got Final Fantasy, Theater Rhythm, Curtain Call, uh, 3DS, however many names are in this title. Um, it is awesome. So good. So good. Did you guys play so the first one? Yes. I did. It but is the is same game, game exactly? but more of it. How much more? There's 220 songs on the on the card. Holy shit. There was and, like 70. And then you can get more DLC. And uh and they you know how in the first game it was kind of a uh the single player mode was just going through all of the, you know, game soundtracks in a row. Mhm. Uh this time it is uh you take quests. There's a little map and you select your path and you go through seemingly random songs of increasing difficulty and they're short quests, medium quests, and really friggin' long quests. And, uh, uh, the long quests are a little much, the short quests are a little short, but the medium quests are just right. And you get a bunch of items and, you know, collect cards and, and the collect cards now, uh, instead of just filling a notebook, uh, to look at, they, they can be used to buff your characters. So, these quests, uh, a long quest, a medium quest, and a short quest, is it just multiple songs per quest? Like, right. to, uh, to do this, okay, so to do this quest, you gotta play this song, this song, and this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any sense of progression other than difficulty? I mean, you're moving forward on a map. <laughs> no, no, there's not, no. In fact, okay, in it, fact, you yeah. can just go to the entire set list and just play a random song whenever you want. Uh, and more songs will unlock the, the more longer you play. Do you still unlock that currency that was in the original? Rhythmia. Right. <laughs> yeah, Rhythmia is still a thing. Okay. And, and, then, and, and also, yeah. I, should, I should mention there's an interesting two-player mode. You can do it locally, online. I haven't tried online yet or versus the computer, and it's kind of like, almost like a Tetris attack kind of thing, where you're, no, more like Guitar Hero 3, where you're, you're the, you play well and you do attacks that cause your opponent to, you know, their, their beats go quicker, or they have to get perfects on every note, or, you know, things like that. And that's actually really fun. Okay. So there's 200 something songs now. More content is always better, of course, but 
One thing I liked about the first game is that even though there were 70 songs as opposed to 200 this time, it was 70 good songs and 70 carefully curated songs. Does it feel like there's a glut of mediocrity in the soundtrack now that they've included 200 tracks? I couldn't tell you. I uh, I mean, there are definitely some tracks I just don't like. Um, there are tracks from uh, one of the Game Boy games, like Final Fantasy Legends or something. Uh, uh, it's it's the picture on the box is a little dude pointing a sword towards the sky, whatever that game's called. Mm-hmm. It, so far, it's got two tracks only. I don't like either one of them because they're you know Game Boy tracks. They sound terrible. Um, and I really don't like the soundtrack to Tactics. I think Tactics has a bad soundtrack. Yeah. So I'm avoiding those. Right. For as much as I like Tactics, I don't remember the soundtrack being uh, remarkable in many no. ways. And actually, you know, a lot of the like later Final Fantasy games will have, according to this game, will have like a handful uh, or a, a fistful of good tracks and then a bunch of crap or mm-hmm. really forgetful tracks. That's certainly the case with, geez, 11, 12, and 13. So far, I mean, of what I've played. Yeah, 13 felt like its soundtrack, and I didn't play the game, I just know from Theater Rhythm, but its soundtrack seemed like kind of cool at first glance, but also super overcomplicated and like not that interesting when you really take a look at it, much yeah. like the character designs in Final Fantasy 13. Because uh, uh, they I, all... I... I think those character yeah. designs are overly busy. Exactly, which is how I would describe its soundtrack as well. Yeah. Its soundtrack is that Batman figure that uh, Nomura designed a little oh while ago. Oh god, back. I saw that. <laughs> uh, he Just did one for Batgirl, too. The Batgirl one is even worse. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a good game. I mean, ultimately, if you like Theater Rhythm 1 enough that you played nonstop like I did, you will like this game a lot, too. Uh, I, and and there are repeating songs, but I will say that the repeating songs, it, they actually feel a little different. Like maybe the tempo's changed or there's some uh, a slightly different arrangement, maybe different musical instruments. I'm not even sure if that's true. But uh, like, for example, One Winged Angel in the first game was pretty easy. Uh, it was and it, it was fairly short. In this game, it's like an eight minute marathon. And it's uh, it's pretty intense, i got to tell you. And it still has Man with a Machine Gun, so this game automatically <laughs> gets a pass. Yep. Okay, and then last before we move on. So there's Final Fantasy 1 through 14 A Realm Reborn represented. Which, and I know it was mostly just main games the first time around, or exclusively main games. Yeah, exclusively main games. This this what one has side stuff. This time? Oh, this okay, one's so got that, that Game Boy game and Taxics and... Uh, it's got Final Fantasy thirteen two. I don't think three is in there yet. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got um, uh, what was that other? It's got Advent Children. So yeah, the DVD. Yeah, which is really bizarre to me. Uh, huh. That that does not have a good soundtrack. Just I was I was surprised. Like I thought, oh, these are going to be like epic versions of the Final Fantasy seven songs, and there's really only one. It's uh, just the uh, Genova theme, which is like hyper butt rock in Advent Children, and it sounds terrible. They don't even have like One Winged Angel. Not that I've unlocked. Wow, weird. I know. 
I know. Uh, well, maybe un- uh, maybe that's their uh, the theater mode song, although okay. it's been changed radically. And uh, I still hate doing the theater songs. Um, I don't know if you guys had a hard time with those in the first game, but they're they're really finicky. They really demand precision that the other two modes do not. Those are the ones where it's like um, where you're like falling, like you have. I don't know, you're falling around uh, like along on screen, right? Like yeah. moving your stylus all over the screen and stuff. Yeah, I didn't like those usually. Yeah. And and besides that. They're playing, you know, they're playing a cinematic that you cannot actually watch because you're watching your your beat thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that that whole thing is kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah. Although maybe this wasn't in the first game, but once you complete a uh a theater section in this game, you unlock the the cinematic in a different mode. Oh, so you can just watch the cinematic. So maybe you can just watch those. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But I like it a lot. Um you know, it's it's it, it, you know you think it's just an expansion pack, and it kind of is, but there's enough gameplay changes, enough mode changes that it's really a different game. Yeah, it's mostly a sequel, it seems like, but it just happens to have the original content. Yeah, actually, I feel bad for the people who like bought all the DLC from the first game because all of that <laughs> is on the card. Oh God! Yeah. So there you go. I love it. Buy it if you like theater rhythm. I still hate the character designs. I really hate the character designs so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, but what are you going to do? Scott! They look like yes. Charlie Brown characters. They do, kind of, don't they? <laughs> Scott, <laughs> what have you been playing? Okay, um, so we'll talk first about one you haven't been playing, and then and then we'll jump into the one that will kind of bridge us to your section. Um, so the main game I've been playing for the past, like, two or three weeks nonstop is NHL 15. Hooray. Um, I'm playing it on PS4, <laughs> um, which I, now, I guess I've, if, I've heard the PS4 version is terrible compared to the current, the last gen version. Right. Well, not just PS4, but Xbox one too. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's like, there's like features that have been like mysteriously cut out of the next gen version, quote unquote, um, oh. for whatever reason. Um, but they're patching those back in like piece by piece. So they just released a patch a couple days ago that puts in a few different um, modes that were kind of removed um, as it made the transition. Now, I don't know why they couldn't get the moods in or the modes in when the game launched. It seems kind yeah. of weird, but at least they're going through the effort of putting it back in for free, you know, just just after the game comes out. So, um, but none of that matters to me because the stuff they cut out is like single player stuff and like oh. online online tournaments, which I never really messed around with. All like I like to do in NHL 15 is just play one on one matches online. Huh. And just, like, become the most awful person. <laughs> um, I'm not really much of, like, I don't know. Like, I played a lot of Halo and stuff, and but I, I guess I don't really play competitive games too much online, apart from, like, StarCraft 2. But even that, like, you don't really, like, troll in StarCraft 2. You know, it's very it's a very, like, relaxed kind of environment, as much as a real-time strategy game can be. And, you know, you start the match and you say, you know, like, good luck, have fun, and the person says it back to you. And then at the end, you say good game before you quit, you know, if you lost, like, whatever. So, <laughs> uh, but in NHL 15... I feel like I just like become like awful. Um, and it's happened every, like every iteration of NHL that I've, that I've played, like where if someone like quits a match early, like I'll send them like an awful, just like mean message about how terrible they are. Um, and like people will do the same to me. And there's like little, I don't know. There's like little like unspoken rules about, about playing that game online. Um, so there's situations where like after you score a goal, if you don't press like the A button, um, 
then your opponent basically has to watch the replay. <laughs> wow. um, they show up from like a, like three different angles, like slow motion and stuff as the announcers sort of talk about the goal. Now you can usually be nice and just press A and skip past that because your opponent's probably mad that you just scored on them and you can just get right back to the action. But uh, if you kind of want to rub it in or just be a dick, you can just make them watch those replays every <laughs> time. Um, so there's things like that where you just kind of, uh, or yeah, just sort of a dick. Um, but the game looks great on PS4. Um, they've went through like a lot of effort to make the characters look more like the real people. And there's like new, like Jersey physics, like they're supposed to move, like, as if you're like really, uh, like skating fast and stuff. And I don't know, they, they look okay. Um, but I think in, in just in general, it looks, uh, it looks great. And I mean, I don't know how much hockey you guys watch, but they like have redone the whole presentation now. Um, so it, it looks and feels like it's a game on NBC, um, nice. like, like one of those like afternoon games that they'll normally show like on primetime on NBC. So it's got the NBC announcers and it's got the NBC logo and like it, it comes in like an actual game, which is pretty awesome. And then in the single player mode, if you play like a season, it'll even do like, um, It'll have, like, shots of, like, whatever city you're playing in, like, actual, like, footage oh, of cool. the city. Yeah, so, like, it feels like a real, like, you're, like, watching a real hockey game as it comes in. And they'll do, like, a little introduction with the uh, with the announcers and stuff. And, yeah, it's just really cool. Like, there's a lot of, like, the presentation, for as much as, like, features are missing, like, the presentation feels spot on. Nice. Um, like, they've really gone, like, above and beyond with this one. So, I, I enjoy that aspect of it. And, like I said, as long as I can play online uh, 1v1, like, that's that's the only feature I need, and it's there, so... I'm I'm perfectly happy with the game. So how do the crowds look? Because when I played the PS4 demo, they still kind of look like the same five character models doing weird disjointed motions every five <laughs> seconds. The crowds are a little bit better. I mean, as with any like sports game, I mean, you just can't spend too much, you know, like resources on the crowd because you're, then you're just sort of slowing down the game as a whole for something mm-hmm. you really don't see very often. Um, but the models do look better and they'll, they've got, I don't know if this was in the last one. I don't think so. But now they've got things where there's like sort of like randomly generated like signs. So yeah. like, let's say you score with, you know, with, well, I play as the Blackhawks. So let's say I score with like Patrick Kane, for instance, sometimes after you score a goal, they'll cut to the, like the crowd and someone will be there holding like a, you know, a sign like with like written in Sharpie, like Kane, like, I love you. Or like, I don't know, you know, whatever, just like some, like, like a sign you would almost see like at a wrestling match or something. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just sort of like random. So it'll just kind of have like whoever just scored their name will be on it. So there's like little like cues like that. Um, and you'll get the thing too, which is kind of cool where, uh, you know, if you're at home, most of the crowd will be like in the home team's jersey, but you'll see random people in the other team's jerseys. And so they'll do shots to the crowd. Like if the away team scores where like most of the home fans are just sitting down and like shaking their heads. And then you've got one like jackass in the away team's Jersey, just like standing up cheering and sort of like rubbing it in in other people's faces. Nice. Um, Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So the audience, you know, the crowd looks, looks all right. Um, not like amazing, but, but definitely better than it's they've looked in the past. I think. Yeah. That's a really cool, uh, uh, feature with the signs, especially. I love that. Yeah. And they kind of like randomly uh, like dress the crowd too. So a lot of these hockey teams, like especially the older ones, like the Blackhawks, have like eight different like alternate jerseys. So the crowd won't just be wearing like the standard red home jersey. They'll be in like like the random like jersey from the '30s and the Winter Classic jersey oh, cool. and, and like throwback jerseys and all this kind of stuff. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. So uh, no? yeah. yeah, for an off year, it seems like. I'm glad that you are at least getting some enjoyment out of the game, even if it is an off year. 
Oh yeah, it doesn't feel like an off year to me. Like I said, the that's presentation good. alone and being able to play online, like that's that's all I need. So I'm I'm totally into it. They definitely needed to update the announcers. Like they've been kind of relying on the same announcers since like NHL 08. And they record new dialogue every year, but they also reuse a lot of the same dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I've been hearing like the same like canned lines for like, I don't know, five years now. So yeah. it, it's very much appreciated that they've recorded like all new dialogue and, you know, with actual good announcers from like the American broadcast. So it's cool. Nice. nice. Cool. All right. Uh, so Alex, you and I have been playing Destiny. Yeah, I think you've probably been playing more. I'm, uh, I've only I doubt touched it. it. Uh, probably for a couple hours. Yeah, I probably put in... I, I actually just cleared the, like, beta content. Okay. So I haven't even, like, actually touched anything that wasn't in the beta. Yeah. Um, mostly because every night where I'm like, I'm gonna play Destiny, I end up just playing, like, 30 matches of NHL 15 online. Um, because I get addicted to that, because I enjoy hockey. Um, and there's just something... I, you know, I, once I force myself to sit down and play Destiny, I enjoy it, but, like, Everyone I had planned to play with was already level twenty, like in a, yeah. you know, like five days or something. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, I my time to play is somewhat limited naturally between work and a family and everything. It's like weekends are probably my prime opportunity to play, and even then, it's like later at night once the kids yeah. go to sleep. And I feel like I don't really, I, I can't really get a party together of like my actual friends because they're so much like further beyond me now. Um, so I feel like that's kind of like hampered me a little bit because I hear to like really enjoy the game you need to be playing, like, in a party with people you know. Like, that's the best way to play it. And that option just isn't available to me. Is the game actually fun? Because every, almost every review I've read has said, well, you shoot some dudes, and that's kind of all. <laughs> you know what? The gunplay is really good. It's as good as it was in the beta. It feels like, kind of like Halo, but a little a teensy tiny bit of Call of Duty, and then it's kind of more aerial. Like, it's, the shooting is still very good. The problem is the content around it isn't that interesting. Yeah, I enjoy the combat. I actually think it's really good. So, like, the other, like, Sunday morning I got up with um, Elliot, my son. He's the one-month-old now. And he woke up at, like, 6 a.m. crying. And I actually got him to go back to sleep downstairs, like, about a half hour later. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go to bed. Everyone else is sleeping. Like, I'm going to play Destiny right now. Like, I'm going to make myself do it. So I, I ended up playing for like two yeah. and a half hours or three yeah. hours maybe before everyone ended up getting up. And I really enjoyed it. The combat is is a whole lot of fun. Um, like Alex said, it's just kind of the things like tying the combat together. Plus, I mean, I do hear that it gets kind of repetitive because every mission basically boils down to like, oh, like go and have Peter Dinklage and open this door for you. Oh, it's going to take him five minutes to open it. Oh, no, an ambush. Kill all the monsters. Okay, the door's open. Like, let's move on. Let's do it again. <laughs> Um, There's no good story to uh, balance it all together, because when the beta happened, I was hoping, okay, this story isn't so good, it feels out of context a little, but maybe when the full game comes out, everything is going to be much better. And it sounds like the story (laughs) is exactly as nonsensical and exactly as boring as it seemed in the beta, and exactly as uh, absent of personality. Well, not oh, only yeah, that, but exactly. to, like, get the story, you, like, it's not even all visible through just playing the campaign. Yeah. Like, you unlock those cards or whatever, and then you kind of have to go online and, like, read about the lore there. <laughs> like, at, like, Bungie's website. There, There is a yeah, story. So it, yeah, so, yeah, it's completely nonsensical. <laughs> They'll patch a story in? <laughs> <laughs> DLC, this January, story mode. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. yeah, so the story is like nonsense, but I don't care. I mean, I feel like some people got really into like the Halo story, but I didn't. I didn't give a shit. I didn't know what was going on in those games. Right. I was like, that's fine. Like, I, whatever excuse you have to come up with for me to like shoot people. Um, and I imagine the story would ma- matter even less to me if I really was just playing like with friends. Um, you know, completely in, like, different and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but I just haven't been able to do that, and I don't anticipate being able to really play it that way. Um, so I don't know, like, how my mileage is going to end up varying compared to other people. But, yeah. um, I, I enjoy the core game, and I, I like what's there, and I'm interested to see how it evolves. Because if they do treat it like an MMO, then, I mean, in a year from now, it could be radically different than, yeah, than what we have now. Um, so, so yeah. you've been playing the PS4 version. Yep. I have been playing the PlayStation 3 version. Like a plebe. <laughs> well, that's the copy Activision sent me. Oh, look at you. Yeah, right, it's, uh, you, ha- you have a PS4, don't you? Uh, I do have a PS4, and we requested PS4 uh, copies at my uh, non-Nintendo World Report website. But they did not send it to us. They sent us PlayStation 3 copies, uh, and that is what I was left with. And it is not a great experience, because... <laughs> Destiny is meant to be super connected, super online, uh, at least relatively really good looking, even if it's not going to blow anyone away. Like, because it, it has like a fantastic looking sky, I remember from the beta. Oh, yeah, I think it looks great. Yeah, on the PS4. Everybody mentions that. Every write up mentions this is a really great sky, guys. Yeah. But it's well uh, earned. Like, the sky does look like a real sky. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're going to have to see it, but it does. It does look really good. <laughs> but yeah, the PlayStation 3 yeah. version, it's just constantly chugging. Like, there's load times out the yeah. ass. Jaggies everywhere. You can tell that they didn't put any time in to make it even look like a good uh, last-gen game. Draw distances are pretty atrocious. Ooh. And then the online, sometimes people connect to my game, and sometimes they don't. Like, it's... The PlayStation 3 yeah. is relatively competent at online, though it's not competent compared to the PS4, and you can tell that this was not developed primarily on PlayStation 3. Right. So it's it's just a real mess. Like, Destiny by itself is a little absent on personality, and then it becomes even less so, uh, it becomes even more absent of personality once you take away all of the sharp visuals and all you're left with is a boring gray and brown shooter with a version of Russia that doesn't even look like it's on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually sounds really terrible. I mean, cause like, like you said, the, what makes destiny interesting is, is how well it does, you know, connect online and everything is, is very fluid and jumping in and out of people's games and even finding other people like running around the planet as you're running around doing your missions um, you know, that's all really cool. So yeah, if that's not there, then you really do just have kind of like a boring, <laughs> just bad, a bad, bad single player game. <laughs> and then like, it makes you realize how much worse the DualShock 3 is than the DualShock 4. Really? Because, well, you've had a PS3, I'm sure. Yep. And the nubs, especially how they like, how they're basically like little domes on the PlayStation 3 controller. It, it just pales in comparison to... The extremely carefully crafted PS4 controller. Oh yeah, the the sticks on the the DualShock Four are awesome, are so much better. I hated that the PS3 still had those like convex sticks compared compared to like concave, where your thumbs yeah. like naturally rest in there. Mm. Word. So, all right, my turn. I was going to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh, Zexal, World Duel Carnival, 
But unfortunately, I did not get the chance to play it to talk about it uh, on the show. Bum, bum, bum. However, as it's downloading right now, I at least want to talk about how bad of a port, or at least how bad of a localization, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexal is before even having played it. So, in the original game, there were 40 playable characters... There was unlockable stuff, there was some, like, music you could listen to, there were some, uh, photos. It was, like, maybe it wasn't a great game, but at least it was full of content. In the United States version, and in the European version, instead of 40 playable characters, now there are 12. And now, (laughs) every single unlockable is unlocked in the game. Oh, like right from the start, you mean? Exactly. Oh. So there are no unlockables, and the content, or at least the story mode content, was cut by 66% at least. Probably closer to 75%. Wow. So, the first Yu-Gi-Oh! game on 3DS, the first game to see if there's still an audience for this card game, Konami gimped the shit out of it, and decided to do us a favor by putting it out for $20, eShop only, instead of on a cartridge. So I'm you know what I won't I won't judge it too harshly before having played it since I am going to be writing the review for Nintendo World Report but fuck Konami <laughs> <laughs> Like I I am like one of the, probably the larger Yu-Gi-Oh fans you are going to meet and I just I just want them to love Yu-Gi-Oh as much as I do and Konami doesn't give a shit it's just like Okay, let's just see if there's a market. Let's do the minimum job possible. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of shitty. But a game I did play was Borderlands 2 on PlayStation Vita. Uh, probably Vita's biggest 2014 release. A port of the PlayStation 3 <laughs> PC and Xbox 360 game. How depressing is that? <laughs> like, like, it hurt a little bit to say. <laughs> Um, and you know what, if you see images of Borderlands 2 on Vita, and if you see video of it, it looks like it's chugging, it looks like it's washed out, and it looks like a real mess. But, it's not that bad on the PS Vita. Like, yes, the frame rate does probably go between 23 and 25, and maybe, um, it's still Borderlands 2, so the writing is still kind of shitty. But it actually does look really good on the PS Vita Sharp screen. So it's like it feels like a faithful version of Borderlands 2. It controls well. It uh, the shooting is still pretty good. It has a little bit more personality than Destiny. Uh, <laughs> but it does have one fatal flaw, and that it can only show five enemies on screen at a time. Oh wow. So, these huge firefights, and remember, this is a PlayStation 3 360 game, and like any other shooter, there will be these big firefights where you have to take out, say, 10 to 15 guys at once. Very standard fare. Mm-hmm. In Borderlands on Vita, five guys pop out, you kill five guys, and then five guys miraculously run out of buildings, you kill oh, those five God. guys, five more guys run out of buildings, <laughs> and then that's the end oh, of the scene. Geez. With, like, weird like, sound effects that sound like they were made in a tin can, and turret sequences where one guy runs at you, you shoot him, another guy runs at him, at you, you shoot him. So that is the Game Breaker of Borderlands 2 Vita. Like, yes, it has six DLC packs. Yes, it was made by the 
otherwise really good Iron Galaxy Studios. But the Vita just wasn't made to handle this PS3 game. Like, it's, it just, like, the sound is just so bad. Yeah, that sounds kind of (laughs) terrible. Yeah, and this is a game they bundled with the Vita. There are plenty of people who, when they bought a PS Vita, this is the first game they played. Well, that reminds me, like, um, I I actually, when I bought my Vita, even though I wound up selling my Vita a couple months ago, because... Fuck, it was just a really expensive, like, it was just a really expensive <laughs> dust collector at that point. Um, but when I got my Vita, I got the Walking Dead pack. And Alex, did you, didn't you play Walking Dead on the Vita? Uh, no, but... I thought, I thought someone did here. Maybe it was, maybe it was Little Zach I'm thinking of. But okay. it doesn't really run all that well on the Vita. Uh, oh yeah, he was thinking about getting the bundle and then selling Borderlands. Oh, okay. Um... But yeah, like, it kind of, like, chugs at times. There'll be times where, um, I don't know if you guys have played Walking Dead, but, like, something will happen, and then you'll have, like, a few seconds to sort of, like, make your choice. So, like, let's say, like, a zombie lunges at you, and then it will cut to, like, your character, and it'll have the two buttons on the screen that you need to press or whatever. It would, like, stall when, like, an end, like, if a zombie, like, jumped at you, if it was one of those sort of, like, cutscene-type moments, it would stall as it, like, loaded that next screen with your options, and it just felt like... Oh, kind of like the Jurassic Park game. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't play the Jurassic Park game. Like the... Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But it does that and it's like really Like the recent like, uh, adventure game that just came out? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it felt like very... Uh, it just didn't feel right on the Vita, which I was kind of surprised about. Because that, that game's not really like... It doesn't seem like it needs like a powerhouse of a system. You know? Like it, it, it doesn't like no. look... I mean, it looks fine, but, you know, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's really pushing the hardware in any way. But, yeah, the Vita just sort of uh, struggled with it a little bit. So that's like two cases now where they've released games packed in with the Vita that don't necessarily run that great on it. <laughs> and it's it's kind of a shame because the Vita, there are games on the Vita that look spectacular. Mm-hmm. That almost make me think that I'm playing a portable, a portable version of a PlayStation 3 game. Like Soul Sacrifice Delta looks really damn good. Uh, Persona 4 Golden looks really damn good. Hatsune yeah, Miku, yeah. Project Diva F, it looks like the PS3 game, basically. Like, there are people... Hatsune Miku! <laughs> there are plenty of people who know how to make waifus look fantastic on the PlayStation Vita. However, too many of them are trying to fit games on Vita that don't belong there, and I'm thinking <laughs> of, like, that Assassin's Creed game that came out uh, in, like, 2012, Liberation. Yeah. And then it and, was like, on just, PS3. It runs like shit, and then it sounds horrible. And, like, in the case of God of War, the God of War collection on Vita, it had, the cutscenes didn't actually run at full screen, so there was a huge black box around them on the Vita. Uh... Like, people just don't respect the Vita. The Vita gets <laughs> no respect. No respect at all. The Rodney Dangerfield of handheld systems. And, you know uh, what? A lot of our listeners <laughs> won't get that. That's sad. You know what? I can appreciate a little Rodney Dangerfield humor. He was in Caddyshack. If you saw Caddyshack, you know of Rodney Dangerfield. That's right. He's Although, great in that movie. He was also, he was also on Dr. Yeah. Katz. Although everyone was in Dr. Katz. Yeah. Everyone was Anyone on Anyone resembling an alt-comedian was on Dr. Katz at one point. <laughs> Yeah. Jonathan Katz is fantastic. (laughs) 
Is he still he around? Is, he's like, he's, he's 60. Uh, I used to listen to his podcast that was like 10 minutes long. Like each week he would usually do like a couple skits, a little discussion. Usually H. John Benjamin uh, popped up once in a while too. Nice. That'll do it for this podcast, this segment <laughs> of Nintendo World Report Connectivity. Uh, thank you for joining me, guys. That'll be all. And don't forget to send us your listener mail at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Oh, and if anyone out there is playing Destiny on PS4 and is, like, playing it slowly or just wants to roll a new character pretty much pretty much every <laughs> time I play, <laughs> um, you know, get at me. Uh, we could give all our Twitter handles, but I'm OKSoda on Twitter, so and OKSoda on PSN for that matter. So if you want to play... Uh, with someone who's like level five a month and a half after the game came out, um, <laughs> then you know, hit me up. Scott, have or both of you have you have you read that uh, that uh, conspiracy theory that you're the bad guys in Destiny? No, no. Yeah, there's a a conspiracy that that whatever people you are, you play as the player are are the the bad. Players out like dudes. exterminating everyone. That would be yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah. if at the end of their 10-year plan, they just had that big fuck you to everyone who was playing. No, you commit, you committed genocide. <laughs> You're a Hitler. Good you night. didn't understand the world for 10 years. <laughs> There's a trophy for you. So, Zach, you are at ZMiller1902, correct? Yeah. And I am at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. That is my last name and the first letter of my first name. That'll be all, guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye. Hey guys, and welcome to our first ever NWR Nintendo Collecting Podcast segment. My name is Addison Webb, and with me is my co-host, the man who still wakes up every morning to Donkey Kong Jr. cereal, Justin, oh, yeah. Nintendo Fan King. Is that what it is? King, King Nintendo, Nintendo Fan. Fanboy. There we go. King Fanboy. Nintendo Fanboy, Justin <laughs> Bruby. How's it going, yes. Justin? Pretty good. Uh, I'm ready to get this thing started. Yeah, so to do this. Yeah. we kind of just figured this would be a good platform to talk about Nintendo collectibles, like special editions, uh, related toys, things like Amiibo, special consoles, old retro games, and kind of random stuff like Donkey Kong Jr. Serials. Basically so. anything, we'd, anything we'd collect, really, you know? Yeah. Anything that you proudly store upon your shelf that is related to Nintendo, so... Yes. Let's begin. So, Nintendo announced that they are bringing the Hyrule Warriors Limited Edition to the Nintendo World Store exclusively in North America. It comes with the game and a special Link-themed scarf after the scarf he wears in the game. What are your thoughts on this? I know you read the article for the site. Yeah. Uh, well, you got to remember back, this is the second Limited Edition Wii U title that they're releasing exclusively at the Nintendo World Store in New York City. Uh, earlier this year, they also released the Mario Kart 8 Limited Edition, which came with the Spiny Blue Stell 
shiny blue shell statue. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So this looks like a trend at Nintendo World, and I gotta say I'm not too happy about it. Now I don't live too far from the city, but I live far enough that it's an inconvenience to go there mm. for such an item. But uh, I know Nintendo is trying to make more money off the Wii U, and I just don't understand why they wouldn't be trying to sell this in stores, like maybe a GameStop, make it exclusive exclusive to a bigger chain. Right. That way they can charge a premium for these games and make more fans happy. Uh, the whole exclusive to the store thing doesn't really sit well with me. And that's coming from someone who doesn't live too far from the store, but yeah. Will you be picking this up from there? Uh, so there's no pre-orders or anything. I have nobody there to pick it up for me. I, if I wanted, I guess I'm going to eBay, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I'd love to get it, but like I said, I don't. I don't think it's fair the way Nintendo of America is handling this, especially when you look at the other regions in the world. They're able to get this type of bonus edition in easier means. Right, and Japan even got that Triforce clock. They had that Goddess edition. Oh, yeah, I think it was called. Uh, I forget what it was called, but yeah, yeah. it came with a bunch. I think of a few cool people stuff. who work on the site did get it. Uh, yeah, Danny got it, I think. Yeah, and uh, I think it also came in a nice chest box, too. Yeah, so that's it was right. like a real nice-looking addition in Japan. But the other regions, I think, at least got the scarf like Nintendo World's getting. Yeah, I could really go for that scarf, you know? It gets kind of cold up here in the mountains. You know, throwing yeah. a little Zelda-themed scarf. Looks pretty cool, but, I mean, there's no way I'm driving up to New York for that. I'll just get the standard edition of the game. Yeah, and I think it's also funny that they're selling this limited edition and it doesn't come with any of the uh, retailer-exclusive DLC. Yeah, that's the other thing. So, so you do miss out on that till you can buy that DLC, which is kind of funny to me. Instead, you just get the scarf. But you are going to be able to buy like the GameStop-exclusive DLC later? Uh, yeah, I think that actually was that announced. Cost. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Nintendo at one point did say all that DLC will be rolled in and I think it might be part of the season pass thing they're coming out with with that game. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a hugely into the whole in game costume thing, but it's just annoying that there's content yeah, I, and you have to go to the special store to get. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I definitely want to get all of it and I was real worried when they first announced that that I'd have to be like looking with people who don't really care about the DLC trying to get their codes, but since Nintendo's gonna be selling it all separately, I'm pretty happy about that. At least it's obtainable without some crazy measures having to be taken. Right, yeah, I went ahead and pre-ordered mine at GameStop to get the exclusive, I think it's Link Ocarina of Time costume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to, I pre-ordered at Best Buy, so I'll be getting the, I think it's the Skyward Sword stuff. Okay, cool. From there. Alright, yeah. Kind of a bummer there, but also... Unless you live in New York. <laughs> yeah, unless you live in New York. <laughs> I, I joked to my wife about taking the seven-hour drive up there, but... You know, seven hours for a scarf in the Gulf War Game Boy just isn't really worth it. Mm -hmm. So, that won't be happening. But, also, we had the new 3DS announced in Japan, but in North America, we have new limited edition 3DS XLs that have been announced at the GameStop conference. Um, some of these had already been announced in other regions that... And we kind of figure they're coming to America. You have the Smash Brothers themed 3DSs, the Persona Q 3DS XLs. These are all XLs. And GameStop unveiled their exclusive NES theme, which comes I believe, with... 
I was going to say, I believe the Persona Q1 is also GameStop exclusive. Oh, it is. Yes, you're right. Uh, and the NES ones, like the NES controller on top of the clamshell, the top clamshell under the cameras, and the box looks like an NES. The box is really neat, but I'm not a huge fan of the design of that NES 3DS XL. I think the SP kind of got that right, and the fact that you open it up, there is like the purpley reddish color buttons, but kind of would like to have a little more character on the inside of that one and it just looks like a die like a die cut decal that's been pasted to the top of it yeah it really does and i've heard other people discuss it and just like other people i don't understand why that uh look on the top wasn't just put on the inside where the actual buttons and d-pad and whatnot are i don't it's kind of weird that there's it just seems natural to have it where the controls are it would fit perfectly and then you can have kind of like what the SP did, yeah, have that kind of retro design on the top. But oh. uh, like you said, the box is beautiful. I think the box is probably the best part of this whole special edition. Yeah, I kind of wish they went a little further with that whole boxing. Like maybe have like a special dock that looks like the system or something like that would be really cool. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you went into too much detail, but the the box itself looks like an actual NES system, so it's real nice looking. Yeah, video outs and everything. It's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm not going to upgrade for this one just to get the box. Maybe somebody will put the box up on eBay. I think that might be something cool to snag, but that does happen. So you might want to yeah watch out for that. But uh, yeah, I mean I've in previously pre- yeah, previous handheld uh, generations, I haven't really collected the alternate hardware. But for the 3DSs, I've been picking all the stuff up that's come out in North America. So I will be getting these. Okay. Yeah. What are you using as your primary 3DS right now? I'm using just the standard blue launch. Okay. I, I don't use the special editions. I kind of like get them and try to keep them pristine. Yeah, the, the XL different colors. I figure. Or? I'm using the XL. I mean, I okay. started with the original 3DS on launch day and upgraded to the XL when that came out. Yeah, I'm rocking the Year of Luigi one. <laughs> Uh, the Mario and Luigi. Yeah, the Mario yeah. and Luigi yeah. Dream Team Special Edition. Yeah. That has the lovely Year of Luigi yep. branding on the back, which is exactly what I want to be reminded of when I'm going to enjoy Nintendo products, is the Year of Luigi. Mm-hmm. But, oh well. Um, so, the Smash Brothers 3DS XL. Yeah, I just picked up both of these so I could discuss them a little bit. I have them, have them in front of me right here. Uh, there's the red one and the blue one. Uh, these are some of the nicest 3DS XLs I've seen. Uh, they're right up there with the Pokemon X and Y editions from last year, which also came in red and blue. Uh, what makes these so special in my mind is that not only does it have a cool print on it, but they give these systems like an extra layer of gloss on like the top and the bottom where like the red and blue plastic is. So, like, mm-hmm. they're really shiny, and it just makes it feel even nicer, too, when you hold it in your hands. It just feels like a nicer product. Yeah, I like how they have, like, with the Zelda 3DS XL last year, where they had, like, the faded Triforce. Mm-hmm. They kind of have that Smash logo at the top right corner. Yeah. It's, like, a gradient, and it's, like, faded over it, which is cool-looking. And, yep. yeah, the art on the characters are really neat. Um, yeah. Which was a little more representation on there but yeah that'd be nice but I guess they didn't want to spoil too much 
True. As far as <laughs> unannounced and hidden characters are, and uh, it seems like I think all these characters are the ones that are on the cover of the 3DS version, but I may be wrong there. I think it's like the same artwork, so I think they kind of stuck to that uh, portable okay. uh, look as far as that goes. Yeah, I think you're right. It looks like they just took that image off the box and yeah. kind of sketched it out. You know, it looks cool. Yep, I'm real happy with these, and uh, if you're looking to get an XL before we get a 3DS, this is probably, one of these two is probably the right one to get. Now, one thing I will say, I think that we did get the short end of the stick a little bit, because I think it's the red one in Japan is being released as a new 3DS XL, so they're having the same design and everything with that new 3DS XL uh, extra buttons in the stick, so... Nice. Gotta love it. And what are your thoughts on the Persona Q edition that's coming out? Pull it up real quick again so I can take a better yeah. look. Um, I mean, I've never played a Persona game, so I'm not too terribly excited for it. Neither have I. I'm pretty excited for the game, though, because I figured if I'm going to play one, this will be the one. Um, if that's a bad idea to go in and play this one without playing the others, let me know. Just shoot me a tweet. Because that's my current plan. Uh, I like the design. It's pretty cool. I mean, I don't really have any idea what any of it is from, having not played any of the games. But it's kind of like the same Smash Brothers look on the back, where it has like single color sketches of all the different characters. That looks really cool. Yeah. There's just kind of like diamond, check, navy and like royal blue design over it so i think it looks really nice now do you play per so, persona q in that book fashion is that why it's the designs like on its side i don't believe so okay yeah i know nothing about the game but <laughs> <laughs> i'll be completely honest about that just something we gotta learn more about i guess yeah not your go-to for all your Shin Megami Tensei <laughs> Persona information. Alright, and also recently, the Amiibos, the first set of Amiibos have gone available for pre-order on Amazon and Best Buy. Have you pre-ordered any yet? Uh, yeah. Uh, I went to the Best Buy website and pre-ordered them all for in-store pickup. Uh, not to push Best Buy too much, but I'm also part of their uh, Gamers Club Unlocked, which gives you 20% off all new games, and that discount actually works on the Amiibo, so you're able to get 20% off each Amiibo figure you, you buy if you're part of that program. So, the whole set that's available for pre-order right now is Link, Samus, Mario, Marth, Pikachu, Peach, Yoshi, Fox, Kirby, Donkey Kong, the Wii Fit Trainer, and the Villager. Yes. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Oh, jeez. I mean, a lot of these characters have had figures in the past, so it's kind of like the more obscure ones I guess I'm looking forward to. So, like, the Marth, uh, Fox, Wii Fit Trainer, and Villager, I think, are going to be the most unique and interesting to actually have something for. Yeah, that's true. I'm definitely looking forward to the Kirby one the most. I think I need to go ahead and pre-order that guy, because he's my main... Uh, Smash character. Well, so I definitely want to have the amiibo of him. My main Please. Smash character doesn't look like they're returning, so. <laughs> Unfortunately. 
Get out the world's smallest violin. There, that's the ice climbers, if you were wondering. <laughs> Nana and Popo. I know. Not getting. It's all that 3D fault too. So yeah. <laughs> I think after people actually went back and played that game, NES Remix, people realized how much they hate the game. So. They might not have made the cut. It's an acquired taste, but still not a great game. I don't think you can acquire terrible control. I do want to shout out two things on our site about these amiibos. And uh, the first is I came up with an amiibo guide. So if you're looking to collect things, keep checking that guide. And I'll keep updating that with the latest amiibos that have been released and the latest information we have on that and other fun amiibo-related things. And the second thing is I did write an article not too long ago about how I'm not too excited about the implement implementation of these amiibos in the Smash Brothers game, which we only know its its uses in the Smash Brothers for Wii U, and it'll probably be the same on the 3DS. Uh, how, what do you? How do you feel about that? It's just one of those things where they kind of feels like they kind of force fed it into Smash Brothers. Like I feel like there's so many better games that it could work for. But it's just Smash Bros. You have all the characters. So that it makes sense there, but how do you add these figures and like how do you make them useful? So you have like you can level up your character and then like use it as an assist in fights in local multiplayer and against a computer. Is that correct? Uh yeah, it acts like a computer that you can level up and I guess yeah. customize to meet your needs. So I feel like it's not if you look at the other similar models to this, you have Disney Infinity and Skylanders. Like, you put the character in, it actually unlocks part of the game. Which I'm glad they didn't do that with Smash Brothers because I'm already paying $40. I don't want to have to go out and buy all these figures to get pieces of the game right away. So that's a good thing they didn't go that way. But it's they just aren't as integral to the experience as a result. So it just kind of feels like they slapped it on... Kind of and they were like, we need some way to ex- make extra money. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, I do think it would be nice if you use these and it give you kind of like extra things that don't really affect the gameplay too much. Like maybe you put a Link figure down and you get more Link costumes and maybe some Zelda trophies just given to you or something right. like that. I think that'd be fine. I mean, like I said, it wouldn't really affect the gameplay experience so much. It would just be aesthetic. But, uh, yeah... When you're when you decide to pre-order these, I don't know how many you pre-ordered, but uh, are you looking forward to using them in the game, or are you more just getting them because they're cool-looking Nintendo toys? Um, I mean, definitely both. I'm interested to see like how they get used in the game, but they've also been they're going to be used in Mario Kart Eight and like Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker, and mm-hmm. a bunch of upcoming games. So I'm hoping that. A future title has a better implementation of the Amiibos than Smash Brothers does. Yeah, me so, too. I mean, it'll be fun to screw around with for a lot of people to play with, but other than that, I mean, it's mostly for the figures. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, the only other use I can see maybe happening is if uh, the tournament scene decides to do two-on-two tournaments where you have to fight alongside your Amiibo. I think that could be... Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that could be something interesting if they decide to go down that route, but only time will tell. Yeah, I was when we were first heard about Amiibos, and I did 
a podcast on connectivity connectivity uh my idea of what i thought they might use these for is it'd be cool if you like let's say you bought link you when you like put him on the gamepad you can unlock like a virtual console title on top of like the features in other games like say you drop link in you can get like the original legend of zelda or zelda 2 like mario you can get like mario 3 mario 2 and so on I really don't think Nintendo's going to go down that road, <laughs> honestly. It's, yeah, I think the best, it, it would be nice. The best thing you can hope for is maybe a, a discount in the eShop. Yeah. <laughs> well, even that, like, would be something, you yeah. know? These things aren't super cheap. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really hoping they're not as fragile as they appeared to be when I saw them at E3. I mean, I saw some in... in smaller display cases that weren't on mm-hmm. the show floors, kind of like behind the scenes. And some of them were uh, breaking off the stands there. So I know those were oh, prototypes, but... Uh, they were, like, encased in there, breaking off? Like Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a, it was like a portable case, so I guess somebody could have dropped it or something. And uh, So, yeah, yikes. it wasn't very big. It was maybe, like, a foot-and-a-half long case. Maybe they should have brought a few backups. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird another thing i'm hoping for is that i don't want to take these out of the packages when i get them so i'm hoping mm-hmm. i can still scan them in the box yeah I, the way nfc works i would assume that you wouldn't have to have exact contact i mean yeah i'm just hoping it's not far area. enough away in the box that it kind of forces you to do that yeah again yeah hopefully yeah. who knows yep but interesting little tidbit about Amiibo so far is the Link figure is the top-selling Wii U hardware or accessory product on Amazon. I thought that was kind of cool. I wonder I mean, how many of those people are buying the figure and don't want a Wii U. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> probably true. And it's kind of a little disturbing on the fact that that's the top-selling accessory, for sure. Well, <laughs> or in, hardware, in its favor, isn't the, the most hardware. expensive accessory, so... Right, that's true. Yeah. But so at least people are excited about these. It seems like they sold the first run that they have for pre-order on Amazon went by pretty quick. So yeah, and I think it's kind of crazy people are this excited and like we brought up before, implementation isn't that exciting. Right. So and it's not like there aren't decent figures out there too, mm-hmm. like the they have the World Nintendo figures. I'll be talking about them a little more later. <laughs> oh, nice. I, I picked up a Wario last night. I was in Target and I saw nice. him. I was like, that would be really cool on my desk at work. So I picked him up. Yeah, those are pretty nice figures. So it's not like it's as a figure, it's really that novel. So I think they're going to have to come up with something pretty useful if they're going to keep selling these as much as they hope with the next run. Yep. So, also speaking about near-field communication figure games. Disney Infinity 2.0 will be out this Tuesday, September 23rd. Any interest? No, I mean, I'm not the biggest Disney fan. Uh, my girlfriend's into it. She has the first Infinity, but she's not a Marvel fan, so I think she's going to be waiting for the next uh, release. I think they're re-releasing this with like Disney figures as a starter set. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably not going to see too much of this game until that Next wave comes out with Disney oriented cars. Yeah, I think the way they implement the figures in this is cool. Like, 
I think they do a good job of making the figures a part of the game, but it also seems like a money grab scheme at the same time. I guess you can't really break apart those two, but I heard the gameplay in the actual game just isn't really that great. I don't know, have you had a chance to play the first uh, one? I've seen a little bit of the toy box, not the actual levels. I don't remember what they call those. Yeah. But uh, it definitely seemed kind of like rushed to get it out last year. Uh, I, was, I saw it on Wii U, sure. and I know the frame rate wasn't that great, and it would chug along at times. So I really, I really, I really felt like they wanted to get that out in the store, get the brand built up, and really make it a thing. And based on the little bit I've seen of the new game this year, it appeared to be like more polished than the last version. So hopefully, hopefully they get that's things good. right this time. Like I said, I don't know too much about it, but that's just what I've seen. The little bit I've checked up on the game. Yeah, they sure seen the put out a lot of product on that there's like binders for those little like power chips that you get yeah sorry i don't know the actual term, yeah and but there's like i don't i don't, under, I don't like, like that, that whole so. power chip thing where they hide it i know people who have just bought a bunch of those chips and just scanned them through the package and if it's not one they're missing they just <laughs> return them to the store yeah. i don't i don't try this at every store. Make sure if you're gonna try that, make sure you see, make sure that we can return that. But it's just obnoxious to have hidden things like that. I think I don't like the blind packaging things because if yeah, if someone's I'm glad gonna Amiibo is not oh, blind yeah. packed, drive me insane for sure. But uh, I just don't understand why you wouldn't be able to go to the store and like plop down money and get the full set instead of turning this into a, a trading thing because not everybody is gonna be able to trade those power discs with other people you might be the only one you know that's playing the game and then it becomes just a pain and you're second guessing whether if you should go back and buy another pack because you might get the things you already have and just waste your money it's obnoxious to be quite honest right yeah so i don't really have a lot of interest in the game i think the fact that they have the marvel figures i might pick up a couple figures if they're cool I'll have yeah, to check them if you're out. A Marvel fan, I can see those becoming pretty popular. Mm -hmm. It just makes me wonder if and next year it's going to be Disney and Infinity 3.0 Star Wars edition to go along with the new movie and all the marketing they're probably going to yeah, put behind that. I would be there day one for that. Yeah, I'm a big Star Wars <laughs> fan, so that would really I would probably buy get my interest a bit more than, than this. Yeah, for sure. So we can hope for that, yeah. at least. Um, and then, we also have the new Skylanders... Trap team, uh, yeah, it's trap team. It's coming out October fifth, so that's coming up soon to too. Infinity and Skylanders. Any interest on the Skylanders front? No, uh, I haven't really played the Skylanders. I previewed this game uh, with some other staffers at E three. I sat in on it, watched what was going on, but I mean. The characters just aren't as memorable to me. The Disney characters, like a lot of them I could look at, and even the Marvel stuff and tell you who they are. But like the Skylanders, right. it just seems like they make up weird characters, and it just, it just doesn't draw me in as much because I have no connection with those characters. I mean, I don't know. And the whole Pokemon theme type with catching different creatures in the crystals, like the boss enemies, uh, that seems like a money grab too because... You can only save one boss in each crystal, and if you want to basically catch them all, you got to go to the store and buy like a ton of those crystals. I don't remember how many you'd need, but they're not as cheap as you'd want them to be if that's what you want to do. Right? Yeah, they 
they do kind of seem like the Pokemon that just didn't make it to the game. The type of characters they come up with. Like, they've got this guy named Food Fight who looks like a Brussels sprout with a gun that shoots tomatoes. <laughs> so, yeah. I, at least can say they're creative, but I don't know if it's a good thing or not there. But I actually did see the Wii U starter set at a local Goodwill for $10, so I might pick that up out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. So, listen, stay tuned for reports on that. If I decide to go that way. Alrighty. Well, our next segment, I'm going to call What You Got. Just like our little What You've Been Playing segment for collecting. Um, I guess I'll go ahead first. I've recently come across a Mario Brothers Cement Factory Game & Watch. So... It just is Mario Brothers, so when I saw it, I figured it was, you know, like the Mario Brothers arcade game. But it's a dual screen, you open mm-hmm. it up like a book, and on one side you control Mario, and the other side you control Luigi. And it's the Game & Watch game, um, Cement Factory, and you're just moving them up and down trying to pass the cement and get it into the container. Yeah, well, so, yeah fun fact cool. about that game is... Uh that's actually the game that Luigi first appeared in is that Game & Watch version. It came out a few months before the arcade game. Huh. So every time Nintendo tells you Luigi first appeared in Mario Brothers, the arcade game, they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't get their own history. Well, right, I also so. think it's the Mario Brothers arcade game is probably more marketable to them on the virtual console front than this version, which is probably why they go with that. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, they put that one game and watch out for Club mm-hmm. Nintendo, but that was a short-lived thing. I'd totally be down for some more of yeah. those, but doesn't look like that's Anytime. coming. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I also picked up a Super Mario World game watch. Not a game and watch, but an actual wrist watch. And it has a headphone jack. I haven't been able to find the battery size for it yet, so I haven't been able to test it out, but... It's just like a regular LCD, like Tiger electronic type game where you're Mario stepping on Goombas and Koopa Troopas. But I'll definitely have to get that thing powered up, go out for a walk, hook in some headphones, get that sweet, probably mono sound. Yeah, there's pumping a couple through. different uh, Nintendo game watches that I think. I think. I know there's also a Star Fox one, right? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so those things are pretty neat. Have you tried it yet or no? Uh, I haven't tried the watch yet. I've played the game and watch, though. I had a problem where apparently it has some sort of, like, alarm built into the system. I don't know about this, but it, like, would keep going off, and it would just close. It would just be this, like, droning, like, noise. It was, like, driving me crazy. So I got afraid to turn it on for a while, but I have tested that one out. The watch portion of the game and watch. You can set the alarm... Now that's where what Mr. Yeah. Game watches Pose in Smash Brothers is. It's taunt. <laughs> yeah, so that was the surprising part for me, for sure. So that's my Game & Watch collection for this month. Um, also, I came across, at a Goodwill, a set of asset DVDs for the Pac-Man 50th anniversary. 
it's pretty cool it comes in like a velcro dvd case you open it up there's like the more modern pac-man drawing and then there's a trailers disc and open it up again there's like a photo asset disc it's got a bunch of pac-man themed artwork around it um and then there's a bunch of like little mini flyers for a bunch of different namco games old arcade games um there's a gumby one here is george moto gp4 so a lot of cool if you're into namco stuff there's a lot of neat stuff here um haven't really figured out what to do with it but I consider myself a fan of the Pac-Man arcade, so when I came across this, across this, I had to pick it up. Pretty cool. It's nice. Yeah, so I'll might have to pop in the discs and just see what's on there. I'm assuming it's something that would go out to like a journalist. A few years back, it was 2000 and 2005 was Pac-Man's anniversary so it's the 25th anniversary of pac-man and i believe the 50th anniversary of namco so yeah it's interesting little piece of video game history right there and also i a few months ago reserved a copy of the zelda monopoly game at gamestop and i went today to pick it up because it came out on the 15th, but they told me since I was the only person in the whole district that ordered one, it's delayed. So I don't have anything to report on it too much yet, but at GameStop, there's a special edition that you can get the Ocarina of Time piece as opposed to the standard edition, which comes with the slingshot from Ocarina of Time. Don't they also give you so, a map or something? Thought it'd be, yeah. yeah, it's a little map that comes in like a treasure That's chest. Cool kind of like folio thing so that's pretty cool too. <laughs> as a yeah it has like a different box too with the GameStop one the standard edition kind of has a bunch of different characters on the front and the GameStop one is just kind of plain with gold text this is collector's edition um just from like looking at the art and stuff the board's pretty cool they got a bunch of different well obviously Zelda locations the trains are now different like transportation from the games like the loft wing the king of red lions epona and the spirit train from spirit tracks so that's pretty cool how they implemented that um and then you have your boardwalk is the temple of time and park place is hyrule castle so, all so the all that's pretty cool in that, uh, different actual locations they are but the thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way is go to jail, free parking, and jail spot, spots, and the Pasco, other than adding the little rupee sign, or all the original Monopoly okay, okay. art. So it's not really Zelda theme. So I was hoping, like, maybe with, like, the go to jail, they'd have, like, a Hyrule guard from, like, Ocarina of Time, and then, like, have the jail from, like, uh, Twilight Princess, and maybe, like, free parking. You could have, like, I don't know, like Epona or Lon Lon Ranch or something. But nope, just standard Monopoly stuff right there. Um, the figures themselves, the tokens look really good. There's a Triforce, there's a, um, the shield, 
the bow and arrow, Ocarina of Time, Hookshot, and the Boomerang. Looks like the Boomerang from Twilight Princess, like the Gale Boomerang, I think. Yeah, I believe you're it was called. So yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, you also get six item power cards for added gameplay as a GameStop exclusive. Whoa. Goddess Harp, the Wind Waker, Minish Cap, Spirit Flute, Phantom Hourglass, and the Ocarina of Time. That's game changing. <laughs> totally. So, if you haven't gotten your pre-orders in yet at GameStop, it is not available currently online, so keep checking if you want that special edition. Did. Otherwise, yeah, <laughs> check the eBays. <laughs> now, if you use that Ocarina of Time card, yeah. uh, and you're doing badly, do you get to start the game over? Go back in time? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they implement all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, not a huge Monopoly fan. Like, I think it's fun, but trying to get people to play with you is Yeah, I've always thought painful. Monopoly worked better playing it online because so many things would just be an- uh, yeah. automated, rather, and it would just go so much faster. You'd actually get through a game in a reasonable amount of time, and nobody can flip the board over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want that happening with this, for sure. But it might be a hard sell to have some people over and be like, let's not just play Monopoly, let's play a video game theme Monopoly. So, who knows how much playtime it'll get. I think it looks cool, though, so I'm excited about it. They said hopefully in a week it should be there and they'll give me a call. So hopefully next month I'll have something more to say about that. And you all you ordered this uh, as yes, well, didn't uh, you? I got an email saying it's taking longer than expected but it will be coming so hopefully we'll have a full update on Zelda Monopoly next month so get excited for that Um, also I've been buying a lot of Wii games for really cheap recently especially a lot of the old arcade collector's edition Mm -hmm. games that you can pick up for like $5 or less at GameStop I've got the Metal Slug anthology, which Metal Slug is a running gun game that was on the Neo Geo AES and MVS back in the day. They're really fun games. They're great multiplayer. The only problem I really have with this collection is there's only two. There's three different control sets. There is using only the nunchuck, which is the dumbest one. <laughs> we have a jump. You fire. You and you run and aim with the stick and you shake it to throw a grenade, you can use the Wiimote in, like, NES mode, or you can use the Wiimote in the nunchuck. But it would have been really nice if they had put in classic controller support, for sure, for this one. Because if you can, if you have one of those, like, uh, arcade sticks that plugs into the Wiimote, like a classic controller, it'd be cool to play with for this game. But they didn't yeah. offer that. I think the reason they didn't one, so. uh, is... I think this game was actually a launch title or right after launch title for the Wii, so right. they may not have had the dev stuff to actually use the class, class controller at that time. That's That was what a lot of people were thinking back when it came out. Yeah, I read that as well. Um, but if you do want to play the original Metal Slug, they have the... Um, Neo Geo Arcade Classics Volume 1 which does have classic controller support so you can at least play the first one and several of the Metal Slug games are on the Wii Virtual Console but 
I mean, this I disc cost me and like And they came bucks. out so much <laughs> after the disc did that you could probably just buy the disc <laughs> yeah. at the GameStop at that point anyway and get all of them, which yeah, I thought was... I picked it ridiculous. up. Do you know if the, uh, the virtual console versions support the classic controller or are they just ripped from this disc? Okay. They do, but they are a whopping 800 Wii points, I believe. Yeah, which, I mean, they're great games, but... You have the option to get the disc for the price of one of the games on download. <laughs> it's much better to go out and search yep. for that disc. And I also picked up a Pinball Hall of Fame, the Williams Collection, which is a it's a disc where there's like a hub world where you're just going around the arcade. It's not much of a hub world. It just kind of like pans to different machines. But you can play a bunch of different old Williams pinball machines. And they're done... The pinball game is actually pretty good. The it feels pretty authentic. Um, the best way I've played it is with the Wiimote and the nunchuck, and just using the triggers as the flippers. All right. So that's a lot of fun if you're into pinball. They also have the Gottlieb collection. I'm still out looking for that one. So a lot of fun, cheap Wii pinball there, and. My last thing is I purchased. Have you seen the Nano Blocks sets? They're like little mini I think you Legos. Showed me one of them. Yes, I I got a Charmander, so I put that guy together. Man, those blocks are tiny. If you, I'll post the link to this in the show notes. But I ordered it off Amazon. They also have a Pikachu, a um, Gengar. A, an Eevee, Bulbasaur, and a Squirtle. I got the Charizard because his like tail has this like cool like the bricks are like translucent, so it looks really neat. And somebody at work already had the Squirtle, nice. so couldn't get the Squirtle. I've got it at my desk at work, but yeah, if if you don't mind working with extremely small Lego blocks, it gets frustrating at times. Things fall apart and things go flying when you try to pull them off. Because they stick in there pretty good, but they're so small. So that gets a little frustrating, but they look really nice. I mean, if you're in the Lego stuff in Pokemon, definitely. No, I don't know anything about Nano Blocks. Is that like an import item, or? Um, I believe so. Target has some exclusive Nano Blocks too, where they have like animals, and I think they have like a musical instrument line that's like Target exclusive. I checked at Target the other night; they didn't have any of the okay. Pokemon ones, but. It's just, I, I think they might originate okay. out of Japan, no. but Amazon.com is the place to get those. Ran me about like 15 bucks, I think, so not too bad. Mm-hmm. So that's it for me. Alright. What about the King Nintendo yeah. fan? Uh, I have a lot of things to discuss this week, but uh, I'm going to start out talking about the world Good. of Nintendo stuff. Uh, there's a lot of different items in this line recently released this year by Jack Specific who acquired the Nintendo license uh geez where to begin uh you're gonna find this stuff all over the place it seems like certain stores have exclusive deals to carry certain pieces of this line so I don't think there's any one place you can really go to get everything uh Toys R Us has been selling like one inch minifigures in a three pack. I think there's six different packs. You'll find different characters in there from uh, New Super Mario Brothers U. 
got Mario, Luigi, Goomba, uh, Flying Squirrel, Luigi, Flying Squirrel, Toad, Bob-omb, uh, Nabbit. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. I'm not going to run through it all. Bowser Jr., Bowser, Peach, Yoshi. And those are like small three-packs, like I said. Uh, Toys R Us is also selling uh, play sets with figures that look about the same size. So you have different play sets you can like kind of piece together like a puzzle and make like your own Mario level. So that's kind of cool. And they come with enemies and like different ways to pop the enemies out of the ground. Uh, yeah, one of my favorites nice. is actually this piece that has a Monty Mole like pushed into the background and I guess you press a button it'll pop it out kind of like in the games. But yeah, there's as far as I know there are four smaller play sets based on different themes from the games and they come with different enemies and pipes and blocks and then there's two larger sets like that that also come with different enemies and uh, flagpoles actually so you can actually make an end to your nice. level your toy level as well <laughs> so you don't even need Mario yeah, Maker man. Mario Maker we got, got these toys which will if you buy awesome these play sets. play sets, probably don't work as well as Mario Maker and probably cost more money, but <laughs> hey, you can make a Mario level on your desk at work, or if you're like me, just keep it in a box. Uh, yeah, so Toys R Us has that stuff. Toys R Us, and I've seen these at Target, are also selling plush toys in this World of Nintendo line, and this is where you'll really start to understand why they call it World of Nintendos, because it's not just limited to Mario's. Mario series characters. So, plush-wise, I've got a plush Mario, a Toad Goomba, bob Yoshi. I'm missing the Luigi, which I have been unable to find anywhere, which is really bothering me, but there's also a Toon Link, and a Red and Yellow Pikmin. So, there's actually Pikmin merchandise at these stores that you can get right now. Yeah, I was when I was at Target. I saw some of the plush too, and they they just had the Mario and the red Pikmin. That was the only one they had in. But I was I yeah, I think, that was the, cool. I think the f- some yeah, I think the first them. set of plush is already on set too. I, the first set had like Mario, Luigi, and some of the Mario guys, and the new one has Mario, Link, and the Pikmin, and maybe someone else. But Luigi's only in that first series, which is making it really hard for me to track down at this time because I didn't know it was out when they first hit the stores. So. It's driving me a little crazy, but I'll keep looking. Uh, also, in the world of Nintendo line are, I guess, three-inch figures, or maybe two-inch, depending on which figure you get. They're they're smaller, but uh, so far there is like a Fire Mario, a Lu- uh, Ice Luigi, Wario, Wild Luigi, Diddy Kong, and Donkey Kong, and this set. I've seen all over the place. I've seen some of them at Toys R Us, uh, Target. I think Kmart even has these as well if you're trying to hunt them down. But uh, these do look a bit nicer, in my opinion, than the ones, uh, I guess it's Global Holdings, released over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And even though this is only Mario right now, I think some of these have been seen with uh, other Nintendo licenses, and they're planning more in the future. Uh... Those you can find all over the place. There's also some Mario Kart items from the World of Nintendo line. There's, like, penny racers. I don't know exactly how they work, but I guess you put a penny in the back and it powers it or something. 
Oh yeah, I yeah. saw those too. <laughs> they had like the try me and where you could pull it, but it didn't really go anywhere because it was in the packaging okay. still. Yeah, I, I didn't actually see any to try, but uh, at, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. there's three of these right now that I know of. There's a Mario, a Yoshi, and Luigi, and they all have different carts, and they come with the Mario Kart Seven branding on that. Okay, so they're Mario yes. Kart Seven, and. Aside from that, there's also a, uh, that I've seen only at Target and maybe Kmart, are these launchers for Mario Kart with the Mario Kart 8 branding on it. It's kind of weird how they came out so close to each other and they're already mixing the branding <laughs> up like that, but whatever works. But uh, there's a Mario, Luigi, and Bowser variant of this, but it's kind of like a little tube, and it has uh, each of these characters in a cart in the tube, and there's kind of like a a pulley or what is it called? Like the pinball thing. Yeah. Okay, that's okay, what I yeah, saw you, like, the other pull day. Pull back the uh, yeah. The pinball like thing and let go, and it yeah. springs back and launches the cart. So those are new, and I've seen those at Target and Kmart. If I forgot to mention that, there's also uh, the larger. I guess it's five or six inch line, and there's. Mario, Yoshi, and Link that I have here. Uh, apparently there's a Wario one, but I don't actually think they've released that figure yet. It's mentioned on the back of the packaging here. And the three I did mention, the Mario, Link, and Yoshi come with some sort of mystery prize inside or gift. I don't know too much about what that is. I don't feel like tearing these open. <laughs> yeah, up and figuring it out. Yeah, I don't. I really don't need loose items running around right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Link's might be a shield. The Mario ones are just branded as Super Mario, and the Zelda one has the Skyward Sword stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's also a Bowser and a Donkey Kong in this size, which are pretty big. They cost a bit more. I've seen them, but I didn't get them yet. Uh, I think ToysRUs.com just got them, and I ordered some the other day. I don't know if they still have those in stock. But, uh... How I mean, this, I think this is like a six-inch line, but they're they're a bit bigger because okay. they're larger characters. So, it's it's not just six inches tall with those guys. It's like they're bigger all around because they're just wider characters and whatnot as well. So, they do sell for a little bit more money. I've only seen those at Toys R Us, the Bowser and Donkey Kong ones. So that might be exclusive to that retailer mm -hmm. if you're trying to hunt them down. Uh, I also forgot to mention with the, I guess, 3-inch line or 2-inch line, whatever it is, the Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong in that set have the Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze branding. So they're going all out with this, and I really hope they start doing different Nintendo lines. I, I think they're going to do more Pikmin stuff. I think I may have seen a Ganondorf. Is something coming in the future or something they were pitching to Nintendo probably still needs to get approval. But it's an interesting line. Have you... You said you've seen some of these. Did you pick any up, or...? Uh, I've got the Wario of the... Yeah, think two, two three, three inch. something around there. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the 20 oh, figures? I'm glad you uh, mentioned that. I forgot about that because I don't have that in the room <laughs> with me here. 
But uh, there is also a 20-inch Mario figure. It's the only one in the 20-inch size I think this released. But uh, it is huge. I think it costs about $35, and I saw it at GameStop. I haven't seen it mm-hmm. anywhere else. So Yeah, that's the only place I've seen them. It looked, I looked at the back of the box. It looks like, I think, I know there's a Donkey Kong coming. It looks like, I think there's Luigi, Bowser. <laughs> the back of that box is a little misleading because it says also available in the 5 or the 6-inch line and shows all the other guys. So Because oh, okay. when I first saw that, I'm like, oh, geez, you're telling me they're coming out with all of these? But it looks like it's just Mario for now, and maybe they'll do some other characters. But I don't think that's going to be a big push for... Jacks, considering they only released the one Mario, and it's kind of hard to come by. But yeah, the, it is nice though. I mean, you can't move it around too much. The arms are poseable at the the shoulders, so you can move his hands around, and I think his head you can turn. But mm-hmm. it does it does look cool. Yeah, seven yeah. points, I think, is what it is. It is cool looking, and uh, if you see one at GameStop, you might want to pick it up if you want something that big. Have any useless GameStop in-store credit? So yep. Go ahead and get yourself a Mario, since there's nothing really been coming out for a while, and if you've already reserved everything else coming up, then you don't really have anything much to look forward to from GameStop with Nintendo. So, giant Mario, go for Surround it. your amiibos with it. <laughs> yeah. Except, just make sure you didn't fall yeah. over and break them. That's why I need to buy some Amiibo glass case or something. Anyway, uh, moving on is uh, yeah. another set of items I found at GameStop. It's uh, Legend of Zelda Minish Cap Mascot Danglers. Now, Minish Cap isn't really yes. on these, but uh, it's all Minish Cap stuff. So, yeah, right. let's see. Six figures in this set, so there's three variants of Link with different items and whatnot. There is Princess Zelda, a Minish with a four-leaf clover, and the coolest one in this set to me is uh, Vadi. But uh, unfortunately, this set is all blind packs, so you're just going to have to get lucky, and I didn't have to buy too many extra. They're not that expensive. I forget the exact... Actually, I have it here. It's... Yeah, three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. I'm so. pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah, I do have, have the complete, complete set. set. Luckily, but uh, nice. Yeah, I have the mm-hmm. Gus Jar Link. And that was the one I really wanted, so I like grabbed all of them in the box, and I was just like feeling. Yeah, that is like, one method you could do. This one should be like smaller, and the, I like felt for the vase. Yeah, well, I mean, if there's really one you're weird, looking but... for, you could try to feel around, look at the picture of what they look like, and try to see if there's anything you can really feel for. But uh, I mean. Some of these, I don't think this one, some of the blind stuff like this, they've wised up to that a bit and started surrounding it in, like, paper and make it harder to feel mm-hmm. out because they knew people like me were, like, yeah, sitting the there for ten minutes just touching these toys, trying to figure out what's inside and not waste four more bucks. But, yeah, it's it's cool. Right. I actually bought the last of the, the box I had at GameStop, so I got the box for it, too, with some nice Minish Cap oh, nice. on it as well. Yes. Good game. I haven't played it in a long time, so it's not too fresh in my. It's available on the Wii yeah. U Virtual it Console. I actually, since I'm a 3DS ambassador, I have it on 3DS as well. Uh, nice. The next item I want to talk about 
I saw at Barnes and Noble, which you might not think is a place you go for Nintendo collectibles, but surprisingly they have like a whole toys and games section there that you can sometimes find this stuff at. So it's Mario Connect 4. Uh, you play as either Mario or Luigi, and if you've ever played Connect 4, I think you know how the game works. You take turns dropping your coin <laughs> in the top and try to line four of your character color up. Uh, this is 24.95, and there's also some other rule variants that you can play with. I don't know if this is something Connect 4 has been doing for a while now, or if it's exclusive to this version, but uh, apparently you can like pop the pieces out without having to drop everything out the bottom, so I guess you can try and like screw your hmm. opponent up or pop a piece out to have things fall in place in your favor. It's, it's an optional rule. And it has like, another rule set as well, which I don't know too much about, but there is a twist on Connect 4 if the regular game bores you, but like I said, I don't know if it's exclusive to the Mario version or not. That's uh, really all I have to say about that. So... I'll move on to the Mario figure arts figure I got also at uh, Barnes and Noble. So I think Andrew Brown wrote a Mario Bilia piece on this in greater detail than I'm going to go into here on these figures, but it's uh, imported from Japan. Again, you wouldn't think Barnes and Noble would have that, but surprisingly they did. But it's a very uh, poseable Mario figure. Uh, looks like you can bend them in the leg three places at the ankle the knee and at the waist on each leg uh, the elbow and shoulder move the head move so it looks very poseable uh, the figure itself comes with a question mark block a mushroom and a coin and then there's two additional play sets available with some more blocks uh, a goomba enemy uh, some more land to stand on and the other set of add-ons you can get for this is like a warp pipe, different gloves, a turtle shell, and some more enemies and whatnot. And this isn't the end of this line either, because I know they're releasing a Luigi version in the near future, but it's not out yet. Have you seen these at all? Or Yes, I, I have seen them at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I like how they have kind of like the actual like level set up with them too. Yeah, it's... More than just yeah, like I mean, a figure. I've, it's definitely not as in-depth as the smaller World of Nintendo line, but what you get is definitely bigger and nicer. It's less of a toy in, that you'd play with and more something you'd kind of like put on display if you were to take it out of the box. Right. And the final item I got also at Barnes & Noble is the Pokemon Monopoly Kanto Edition. Now, yeah. Nice. Now... I think in the late 90s, another Pokemon Monopoly came out. So this isn't the first time Pokemon and Monopoly have come together. Uh, it's called Kanto Edition, so who knows if they're going to make additions for the other Pokemon regions as well. I think if this sells well, they probably will, but it's kind of neat. Uh, the tokens it comes with are Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, Eevee, and Jigglypuff. And looking at the back of the box here... Uh, the different properties are different Pokemon and their evolutions, so I think the first two places are Geodude and then Onyx, and not everything moves on like that with the evolutions, but some of the spots do do that. Now, the thing that kind of confuses me is why the Boardwalk and Park Place spaces are Nido King and Nido Queen, 
I think in a Kanto edition of Pokemon, mm-hmm. it should, probably should have been Mewtwo and Mew. Is that high property value space? Now the mo- yeah, I'm taking a look at these yeah, right now. All the Figures look pretty nice. Yeah, all it. the railroads um, are different Pokeballs. So it looks like you have Pokeball, oh yeah. Great Ball, Ultra Ball, and then Master Ball going around the board. But just like the Zelda Monopoly, it looks like the, the corner spaces aren't themed at all. It's just like the traditional Monopoly stuff. So I'm guessing as far as Monopoly goes, they kind of don't want those four spaces to be changed. So I guess kind of retains that Monopoly feel, so you, when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's a Monopoly board and not some Pokemon rip-off game. So, that's what I'm guessing there. The right. money is kind of cool, because uh, it looks like it all has Pikachu on it, but it has that uh, Pokemon money symbol, the P, with the two horizontal lines going through it. So, they stayed true to the Pokemon license here, so it looks kind of neat. Sweet. So, you... We're able to just walk into the barn. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of hidden along the Monopoly stuff. Uh, They have, like like I said, they have a game section, and they had Monopolies set up. But it was, like, blocking the shelf. You had to, like, move one of the boxes and look behind. They had, like, a stack of them behind one of the standard editions. It was kind of mixed up a bit, too. So if you can't find Mm -hmm. it, I'd ask someone who works at the store. They might know what box it's hidden behind because it wasn't obvious at all. And I think this released late last month, so it's still a fairly new item. It's not yeah, cheap okay. though either. It's yeah. forty four ninety five. So it's a little more yeah. than this other one. But still a cool item if you're a Pokemon fan and Yeah, it looks like they put a little more in of like the game's character into this one. Yeah, the I haven't Zelda taken one. a close look at the Zelda one, so you probably know a bit better than me. Yeah, because Zelda one is just like Link in Hyrule Field, like oh yeah. Sword and, uh, pose. Another important detail to mention here is the uh, the houses and hotels are replaced with Pokemarts and Pokemon centers. Yeah, and I'm oh, that's the cool. Yeah, here, so it's a nice little touch there. Sweet. Yep, and that's uh. Might have to swing by and mm-hmm. see if I can get a hold of one. Of yeah, those. and that pretty much wraps things up for me here. Alright, and we're back with a couple of tweets here. Our first one is from our news editor, Brian, BR26 on Twitter. He asks, why do you think RPGs like Earthbound and Chrono Trigger go for so much on eBay? Well, I think the first thing about these games is they weren't super popular when they originally came out. I mean, Chrono Trigger was definitely more popular than Earthbound when it originally released in America. But afterwards, they kind of got, they both got these big cult followings. So people really wanted to play these games, and for the longest time, especially with Earthbound, the only other way you could do that was through emulation online. Um, recently, just last E3 before last year, they announced that they were going to put Earthbound the virtual console. So that was like the first legal option that you had to play that game. So that's a lot of the reason why the cart for that one has stayed so expensive. It's just 
for the longest time if you wanted to play it legitimately you had to have this nest cart to play that with chrono trigger there's been a few more uh ports of that game and reiterations uh, there was one for the there's a collection for the playstation one i believe that had it on there and there was a ds version and i believe it was on the wii virtual console as well so there's more ways that you could actually play that one but i think just so many people are into super nintendo rpgs in general that a lot of people buy these carts and they just nobody give them up ever and yeah that's what i was the games with chrono trigger the game is so good that people just didn't want to get rid of it they grew really attached to it so that's why that one stays so value valuable um i mean that's what i was really that's what i was going to go into i think a lot of people own i mean these games didn't sell that terribly when they came out they did fairly decent uh probably better in chrono trigger's case i don't have the sales numbers in front of me but uh people play these games a lot of the times like you said they don't want to get rid of them and then there's people who hear about them through the cult status and want to know what these games are like and maybe they've played the uh re-releases of the games in some way but they want to own an original copy because they like the game that much so they go out of their way and there's uh not enough of these on the market so that drives the prices up it's simple supply and demand and then we have another tweet from Pure Val, I believe is how you pronounce that. It's, how can I convince my wife to let me buy more cool stuff? All right. you Are you married, Justin? <laughs> I'm not Okay, married. I am, so <laughs> I'll just go ahead and take this one. Um, a lot of stuff I buy, I like to be really thrifty. So, I mean, if I'm buying like a collectible at Goodwill for like 10 bucks, it's just not really a big deal. Um, I sell a lot of my stuff when I'm just not interested anymore. So I kind of refund the habit by clearing out the shelves. I do that every once in a while. There's just things where I'm just like, eh, I don't really care to hold on to this anymore. And I'm kind of in one of those periods right now where I'll just start putting some stuff up on eBay, try to get some more cash to restock myself with some awesome collectibles. So that's kind of how I do it personally. Just make sure it doesn't break the bank and then the wife is okay with it. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you a little bit because, like you, even though a lot of the stuff I talked about this week are new purchases, I buy a lot of stuff real cheap at different thrift stores and wherever I may go. So I try to get a lot of items for discounted prices. So I guess in that sense, you can try to convince your wife that it's an investment because you're buying some of these things for such a good deal that you can make more money off them. But again, you need to learn the market a little bit and actually know what's a good deal and what's not. And going with what Addison said, you might want to just set up a shelf or something and tell your wife, I just want enough cool stuff to fill this shelf. And you swap things out as you go. Yeah, and I think I kind of get a little more pride out of finding older stuff that's used at like thrift stores stores and stuff like that because i like to preserve that stuff you know like i, I like mm-hmm. buying a lot of like older systems that have things wrong with them pulling them apart fixing them back up it's just yep. i think it's important that a lot of this stuff that we take good care of it and that it doesn't end up sitting somewhere with a bunch of like old kids toys i think there's there's cultural value to these things so i think it's important to take care of them yeah there definitely is and i hate when 
you know there's some great items out there, some rare things, and people just don't know it, and they probably just throw it out, or it's sitting in a landfill somewhere. It's just sad to me, so... Part of the reason I go to the thrift stores is not only to find the items because I want them, it's kind of to save them a little bit, too. And sometimes when I get doubles or things I don't need, I'll go and sell them, and hopefully someone else who cares about it has a piece of this cultural history as well. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for the tweets. Um, We're hoping to do this next month again, so... Hopefully we can find some neat stuff to talk about in the meantime, revisit some of the things that we had talked about that we can get more into in detail. And we'll have Smash Brothers will be out then too, so hopefully a little more insight into what Amiibo will do with Smash Brothers. So, we'll see you then. Thanks a lot. See ya. listening and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, Don't forget you can send your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com and if you've got a moment we'd love for you to rate and review the show on iTunes. It really helps get the word out. Thanks!